you take God's precious word and turn to the book of Jude, please. Jude, the title of this message is Words to the Wheat. Words to the Wheat. Jude 17 verse 19 will be the text, God willing, that we'll be expounding this morning. Jude 17 through 19. We left off in verse 16 last week. Where Jude, describing these counterfeit Christians, said, if you look with me in verse 16, These are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lusts, and their mouth speaketh great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. That's where we left off last week, and Jude has not minced words when it comes to these counterfeit Christian pastors. He has told it like it is by describing them like they are. His words about these people have been very, very heavily and troubling. They've also been scary, haven't they? But Jude is about to change gears now in this next verse. He's going to stop describing the false Christians, the tares, if you would. And he's going to begin admonishing the true Christians, the wheat. After describing the false Christians in verse 16, Jude says, look with me now in verse 17, but beloved. And if you were to read this in the literal translation or the uh, New King James translation, for example, it would say, but you beloved, because you being understood grammatically in the English language. And I love how Jude distinguishes in this book between the people he's writing to and the people he's writing about. Jude is writing about the people who are the grumblers and the complainers, right? And they grumble and complain at the leadership of God's Holy Spirit. And they walk instead, Jude said, according to the lusts of their own flesh. That's the people Jude is writing about. But it's not the people Jude is writing to. Jude says, I'm writing about the grumblers, the complainers who walk according to their own lusts and speak great swelling words in the pulpit so they can take advantage of the people they're preaching to. That's who I'm talking about. But you, beloved, that's a whole other story. When I sat down to study for this message, I had an unread message on my phone It was from someone taking the Genesis to Jesus class. And they said, in lesson three, when you taught about God creating the angels, you said that the angels could not repent, the ones that sinned, that there was no salvation for them, and there's not. And she said that someone began asking you a question. It's been several years since I taught it uh, and recorded it. But she said someone began asking you a question about that. And you told them that there were people in the same position who could not repent. And she says, who are these people? I don't want to be one of them. So I explained to her that the angels intentionally and knowingly rejected the grace of God. And that some people, as the book of Hebrews describes, do the same. But I assured her that if she wanted Christ as her Savior then she was not one of those people. 
And that's why it's so important for Bible teachers to always distinguish between the people the Bible is talking about and the people it's talking to. And perhaps you're thinking, well, when I read the Bible and I come upon one of these frightening passages of Scripture, and every now and then I'll have a church member after I preach send me a little text or an email and want to make sure that that text wasn't talking about them. And uh, and so maybe you're thinking, well, when I come across a passage in the Bible, one of those scary passages in the Scripture that's talking about people who are forever condemned by God, how can I know if the Bible is talking to me or if the Bible is talking about me? And the answer is simple. If you're reading the Bible seeking to know and do the will of God, then it's talking to you. It's not talking about you. All right? Jude says, that's them, but you, beloved. Now, why does Jude call them beloved? Well, the term beloved means that they are the objects of God's love. Versus the objects of God's wrath. Okay? Like the creepy clergy. They're the objects of God's wrath. The creepy clergy quotes scriptures from the Bible. So they can steal from the people they're preaching to. They don't believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. So they are the objects of God's wrath. He that believeth not is condemned already. The Bible says. But God loved the world and He gave His only begotten Son so that whoever believes on Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And the people Jude is writing to had accepted God's love by accepting the free gift of God's Son. Jesus is the love of God to man. So if you have accepted Jesus, then you are the beloved of God, right? God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. If I have accepted that Son as my Savior, as my sin bearer, the atonement for my sins, then I am the person Judas writing to. But those who have not accepted Christ, they're the people Jude is writing about. Look with me in verse 16. Jude says, these... See that in verse 16. These. Look now in verse 17. Jude says. But beloved. Look with me in verse 20. Jude says. Ye. (laughs) What's the difference. Between these two groups. You see. Verse 19. These. Verse 20. Says. But ye, <laughs> so there's the, the, you got the ye and the thee. You got, uh, or excuse me, you have these and 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 you. These people I'm talking about, and you people I'm talking to. What's the difference between these two groups of people? Only one thing: the cross of Jesus Christ. That's the difference between these two groups of people. And if you have accepted. The cross of Christ for your salvation. Jude is going to admonish you now. He's going to admonish you. Look back in your text to remember ye. Not these, but ye. Remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the key words here are spoken before. Spoken before. When the COVID came out. 
Y'all remember when the COVID came out? The experts told us, don't wear a mask. It's bad for you. You could get sick. And then they told us that we had to wear a mask. And then they told us it may be better if you wear two. Or maybe even three, Brother Doug. I remember when Joe Biden came out and said he would not be imposing a vaccine mandate on anybody. He said he didn't have the authority to do that. And he said it right before he imposed the vaccine mandate on people I work for. (laughs) On the military. On many others. I guarantee he would do it on everyone if he could. And after a while, after hearing one thing before and then something else after, people began to get to the point to where they no longer trusted the experts. Why? Because what the experts spoke before began contradicting what we're experiencing today. You see? But it isn't so with the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They said it one time and it's good for all time. Isn't that good? (laughs) They said it before. The representatives of Christ didn't tell us a bunch of lies about the church. They told us the truth back then. And it matches what we're experiencing in the church today. I want you to think about it. If the apostles would have been charged with an advertising campaign for the church to recruit early Christians and more Christians, you know, uh, Christ followers into the early church. I think they probably would have come out and told them how successful the church was going to be. Don't you? If it was all about a campaign, you know, advertisement campaign. Tammy and I pass a billboard. She's homesick, by the way. She washed the dog out in the cold and and uh, got wet and that didn't work too well for her. so keep her in your prayers but Tammy and I passed by a billboard for a popular church on our way home from church each Sunday and that billboard always has some positive message about the church and telling people that they need to belong they belong at that church and sometimes you'll see someone like on a mountaintop and their hands out to the sky and some beautiful horizon. You belong here. Or maybe they're all standing in, in the church and like at some concert and everyone's hands raised. You belong here. All the positive stuff. But what would happen if the church put up a billboard and Advertising that their members would suffer persecution or be mocked by the world, ridiculed by the world if they followed their teaching. That probably wouldn't draw too many people in. The horizon scene is a whole lot better at that. Nevertheless, the apostles didn't tell us that everything would come up roses in the church of Christ, did they? The apostles told it like it was. They told us the whole story about the church. They told us the good and the bad. Jude said, remember, verse 18, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time? Not mockers on the outside, mockers on the inside. 
This morning, Brother Cross asked me if I would help him talk to a pastor that we know who is um, caught up in a little bit of false teaching. He's a believer. But, you know, false teachings inside the church, too. And we have to guard that. And when someone teaches a lie, they're mocking the truth. They're mocking the truth. Jude said, remember how that they, the apostles of Christ, told you before that there would be mockers in the last time? Not people cheering believers on in the furtherance of the gospel. But people mocking the faith of Jesus Christ and corrupting the gospel. And the apostle said this would occur when? In the last time. In the last time. The apostles didn't say the church was going to preach the gospel. You know, there's people out there who believe today that the church is going to continue to get better and better and stronger and stronger until finally the kingdom of God comes in the church of Christ and the church will take over the world. We'll all become Christians. Did you all know that? People believe that? They sure do. But the apostles didn't say the church was going to preach the gospel. And as people around the world started becoming Christians, the world would just get better and better and better till Jesus comes again. Those are not the words which were spoken before of the apostles of Christ. They told us instead that the last days on earth for the church would be the hardest days on earth for the church. That's the word we got from the apostles. They said there would be mockers in the last time. Write this scripture down in your notes or in your margin. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 1 through 2. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 1 through 2. Now these are some of the words which were spoken before of one of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. And perhaps Jude had some of these words in mind when he referred us back to what the apostles said. 1 Timothy 4, 1 through 2 says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly, that is the Holy Spirit speaks expressly or plainly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. That means they were in the faith in the sense that they, like Judas, followed the teachings of Christ. They followed the Lord Jesus. But in latter times they would depart from the faith. Not, not meaning they would necessarily depart from the church. But they would depart from the faith, you see. These are apostates. We call this apostasy. He said, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits, not to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit tells us the gospel of Christ. The Holy Spirit gives us the law of God from Mount Sinai, which shows us that we're sinners. And then the Holy Spirit points us to Mount Calvary and shows us where we can be saved by the blood of the Lamb. But a corrupt gospel comes in through seducing spirits. That is, spirits that seduce and draw away professing Christians who are not true believers and brings them into damnable heresies. It says, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. You see, devils have doctrines too. We preach doctrine in this church, but we preach it according to Scripture. The scripture is given by the author, the Holy Spirit. It is doctrines of God. 
But there are some in the church, the apostles said, who would begin preaching doctrines of devils. Speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. In other words, they're not well-meaning pastors that are just making a mistake in their doctrine. These are hypocrites who have no conscience. They kick their conscience to death. And in hypocrisy, they're just speaking lies to the people so they can take that money from them or get whatever advantage they want to get from them. These are the people, the apostles said, look back in your text, who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. They will walk after their own godly lusts, like the creepy clergy we've been talking about. Jude said, remember church, we told you this would happen. So don't be surprised when you see people departing from the faith in the latter days. When you see this happening, remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles. It's hard when you watch people. We've seen several over the past few years, several prominent either pastors or entertainers, uh, Christian entertainers, quote unquote, who were very popular. And uh, suddenly they come out and say, well, I'm not a Christian anymore. We've seen that. Several people do that over the past few years. And, and suddenly we think, well, man, maybe there's something wrong. I mean, maybe I should re-examine this Christianity stuff. I mean, that person, we know they had to have been saved. And here they are getting out. Of this. No, they're not. They're hypocrites. And they've been drawn away by seducing spirits. Some shall depart from the faith. The scripture says. And so when you see things like this happening. And you watch the corrupt. People say all the time. Well how come, how come there's so many different denominations. If there's only one Bible. Why are there so many different denominations. Because there's a lot of devils. Because there's lies are always more abundant than truth. Lies can be invented. Truth has to be revealed. <laughs> you can crank lies out all you want to. You can manufacture lies. You can't manufacture truth. And so the devil has all kinds of different varieties of lies. It's really the same old lie. Just something that distracts from Christ and him crucified. But he just puts it in different packages. And by doing so, he confuses people. He tries to make it like looking for a needle in a haystack. But when you see these things happening, just remember. Don't get shaky and think, oh dear God, what's happening to the church? Oh no, no, no. Remember what the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ said before. How that this would happen. And you rest assured that everything is right on schedule. Everything is happening just like God said in His Word. And being forewarned by the apostles that the church would experience a departure from the faith. And that doctrines of devils begin to work their way into local churches. Then we need to stand watch and not let them find their way into our local assembly here. When the word of God is rightly divided in the church. The Holy Spirit 
is the church's teacher. Again, the Holy Spirit is the author of God's Word. The Holy Spirit is the teacher of God's Word. The Holy Spirit is the one who gifts the church's ministers to communicate the Scriptures and rightly divide the Word of truth. God's Word is spiritual truth for spiritual people. But, verse 19, these... Not ye, but these, talking about the people he's talking about now, right? These be they who separate themselves. That is, these counterfeit preachers are these that separate themselves. The Greek word translated separate here, it has the idea of marking out a boundary line. Kind of like the Rio Grande River, right? Marks out a boundary line between Mexico and the United States. And so it creates a boundary line, which in turn creates a division, right? One of the, one of the root words that's used here uh, to, to form this Greek word, it gives us the idea of a horizon. If you were to think of like being in West Texas, there's no trees, and all you can see is, is that land out there, and you can see the horizon very clearly out in West Texas or the desert or something, and And so that horizon is a line that separates the sky from the earth, right? There's this division created. So obviously the question we have to ask ourselves is, from what are these creepy clergy separating themselves? What are they separating themselves from? The horizon is the boundary line that separates earth from the sky. But what is the boundary line That separates these counterfeit Christians. What are they separated from? Well before we answer those questions. I want you to notice first. Who is doing the separating? Who's to say is doing the separating? They are. These are they. Which separate themselves. They. Not God. Are the ones making this division. They separate themselves. The Bible says that there will come a time when God separates tares from wheat, separates sheep from goats. But that's not God separating people from himself. That's God separating people from people. When God says, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, I never knew you. He will be separating from themselves those who had already separated themselves from him. (laughs) You see how that works? These are they that separate themselves. Jude says, and here is the boundary line. Jude says they are, look back in your text, sensual. Underscore this in your text. Having not the spirit. That's the line of division. They are sensual. Having not the spirit. The word translated sensual here in the Greek means the people literally are animated. Animated animals like animals animals don't have any kind of spirituality right when I got up to get dressed for church this morning the only thing my dog wanted was food and water and a back scratch with the little back scratch I able got got him we call it the love stick I just scratch his back But that dog didn't care anything about praying with me this morning. He didn't care anything about looking over my sermon with me this morning. He didn't think, boy, I wonder what what Richard's going to preach on today. He's just flesh. 
He cares nothing about the, but, but that about the earth around him. Has no knowledge of the heaven above him. No concern about it. He's just an animal. And these creepy clergy, having separated themselves from God, cut themselves off from God's spirit intentionally, they are just sensual, animal-like people. They think, they act, they choose, and they find their pleasure in whatever their flesh craves to do in this world. That's all they are. That's all they know. Like animals, they live for the things of the earth alone and have no desire for spiritual things. Not the things of the Holy Spirit. They are sensual. They function entirely off their five senses. But having not the Spirit of God. This is their boundary. This is where they draw the line. Now, for me... This is where I draw the line. This is where I draw the line right here. This I recognize. We call it the plenary inspiration of scripture. That means we believe that every word. Every line of this book. Is inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. <laughs> that, that men of old did not, did not invent these words. But they spake as the scripture says. As they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And so recognizing this. To have come from the Holy Spirit of God. I choose to make this word my sole authority for all doctrine, faith, and practice. And I stake my soul's eternity upon what's written in here. By doing so, this becomes a boundary between me and the unbelieving world. This becomes my horizon, you see. It separates me from the unbelieving world. These people, on the other hand, are on the wrong side of that division. You see, I'm on the sky side of the horizon. They are on the earth side of the horizon. They have shut off the word of God and its message to them. So by doing so, they have shut off God's spirit to them. Make sense? As the horizon separates the earth from the sky. So they draw a line separating themselves from God's spirit. They don't want to be governed by God's word. They don't want to be led by God's Holy Spirit. They don't care for the things of the kingdom of heaven. They only want the things that pertain to this present world. The difference between the carnal and the spiritual is based on what we do with the word of God. Specifically the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen to how the apostle Paul describes the difference. Between that which pertains to Adam. Who sinned in the garden of Eden. And that which pertains to the last Adam Jesus. But that which is natural and afterward that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth earthy the second man is a lord from heaven as is the earthy such are they also that are earthy and as is the heavenly such are they also that are heavenly the creepy clergy jude is writing about are those who choose to retain their association with the first adam who sinned in the garden and Christians, on the other hand, we do just the opposite. We choose to disassociate ourselves with the first Adam and to identify ourselves with the last Adam, Jesus Christ.
We recognize that the life we inherited from the first Adam is going to fail us. We recognize that our Adamic flesh is corrupt, prone to error, and ultimately will die. We recognize that that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. And we must, by faith through Jesus Christ, be born again by the Spirit of God, so we can be delivered from our death in Adam and live forever in the life of Him who lived and died for us as Christians therefore we are not sensual we are spiritual we do not take our cue from our five senses we take our cue from God's word the first Adam is sensual the last Adam Jesus is spiritual these creepy clergy draw the line separating themselves from Christ we draw the line separating ourselves from Adam. We receive God's Spirit by receiving the one God's Spirit points us to. They deny God's Spirit by denying the one God's Spirit points them to. By denying the truth of the gospel, they draw the line separating themselves from the Spirit and they inherit eternal death. By receiving the truth of the gospel, we draw the line separating ourselves from the flesh. And praise God, we inherit eternal life. And by God's grace, we'll take back up in the next verse where we left off next week as we hear more of words to the wheat from the Apostle Jude. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your precious word. We thank you, dear God, that you have, at like the, the Red Sea, separated us, Lord, from the Egypt that you delivered us from. As the Apostle Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. And I'm so thankful, dear God, that you have separated us through the death, burial, and resurrection of your Son. I'm thankful for the words the Apostle spoke before that we can look around and as we see things going down, it's an assurance to us that we indeed, the believers in Christ, are going up. We thank you and we ask this in Jesus' name that you'll be with everyone leaving here today. Strengthen our church, edify our saints, and be with those, Father God, who are proclaiming the